Hello and welcome to the Change Your Mindset Podcast. This is your host, Rafael Castillo. In today's episode, we'll talk to Sam McPherson. He's a former Green, B- MB- <laughs> former Green Beret officer, HOA, and international transformation coach. And we'll talk about how continuous improvement at a strategic level helps move your culture in the right direction. So welcome and listen in. Check one, two, three, four. Hey, Sam, it's Raphael. Hello, Sam. Hey, Raphael, how are you doing? Yeah, good, good. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. How do I sound to you? Not, you sound perfect. All right, good. Got my well, Yeti microphone here. Uh, good. Well, well, thank you for coming on and talking to me. I really appreciate you spending the time, though. Yeah, hey, no problem at all. Okay. Uh, so uh, are you recording yet or? Uh... Yeah, yeah, I'm recording now. So let, let's get started real quick and we'll, we'll get right into it. So my name is Rafael. I'm the host of Change Your Mindset podcast where we talk about. Rafael, I lost you, buddy. Sorry, Sam, did I lose you? Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm, t- I'm here today with Mr. Sam McPherson. You're the can can you give me a little bit of background of what what you do? Yeah, uh, I am the founder of the Lean Leadership Academy. Uh, I work with organizations uh, in transforming their management system to a Toyota based uh, lean approach, but mostly I work with them on their leadership, their leadership team and building their leadership infrastructure and leadership pipeline. So uh, really kind of a transformation organization, but at the same time, I'm an international speaker, uh, writer, and uh, all around good guy. That's great. And then one of the things that really, that kind of stuck with me is that you're a former Green Beret or truly in heart a Green Beret still. Yeah, well, that doesn't uh, that doesn't go away there. Exactly, and for and, and thank you for your service. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I went I went to Ranger School, so that was pretty tough. I can imagine Green Beret. Yeah, that, that was yeah yeah. So it is pretty tough, and I appreciate that you sticking it out. Yeah, uh, and I still give back to the community. I live uh, not too far from uh, Camp McCall, so I okay. I, I work uh, work on a couple of working groups on uh, the school side of the house, uh, developing leaders, and and I also still work with the cadre on developing them as part of their leadership development program. So that's kind of my give back. Uh, Good, where I volunteer and work with trying to improve the leadership. Uh, and I bring in thought leaders to come visit with the guys, or I take them on uh, what we call staff rides, which you know what that is, uh, right. uh, up to Toyota <laughs> and other places uh, to see, you know, how similar thinkers are out there, you know, pushing the envelope on innovation and leadership. So let's talk about the, let's, let's take a step back um, and let's talk about Sam version one. So what really got you into this field many years later, or what is it that sparked your interest in doing what you're doing now? Well, uh, and I think this is the same thing that I mentioned that uh, it kind of comes with the nature of being a Green Beret 
uh, is we tend to be innately uh, teacher leaders. Uh, as, as you know, for the Army Special Forces, a good, a good bit of our, our, our missions are around developing uh, host nation forces, uh, unconventional warriors, and, and so forth. Uh, and so being naturally someone who leads and also leads through teaching and coaching and mentoring uh, is just a natural part of how we do what we do. So we select people that that is part of their nature as well. So it's just part of my nature to teach through and lead through teaching and mentoring and coaching. So, uh, so in, in one example, and let me just, uh, I, I think I went through the same scenario, but there's one particular situation that really kind of sparked my interest in doing the things that I'm doing now is I remember being promoted from um, a, a private into a corporal. So I kind of bypassed that intermediate, that PFC specialist type thing, mm-hmm. because I was so motivated. I wanted to accomplish so much and they saw interest, they had potential. Then they said, corporal, get thrown into it. Then that really kind of took me back in leadership because and they just throw you in there. And, and that's the thing. I struggled so much that I said, I vowed, I said, I want to help other people not to go through the same thing or minimize that stress or anxiety that they go through when thrown into it. And that, that's the thing that really sparked my, my path into continuous improvement management, those things like that. Now for you, is there, is there one specific like situation incident that really kind of like, threw you in there uh no um, you know i i came up like you i, I started as uh a private e1 and, and and rose through the ranks uh and was a you know even back in basic training was was a squad leader in basic training so i think if you show leadership capability the military tends to give you that opportunity very quick right uh and and so you know i constantly uh did that kind of stuff uh Plus, before I actually joined the military, I was in manufacturing. My my mom was in manufacturing, and uh, and I, I got an opportunity to work with a Japanese company pretty early back in the the late seventies. And and so what I was being taught, which would become kind of lean uh, down the road, uh, was uh, something I just thought was well, this is just how you do work here, right? And it wasn't too similar dissimilar than than how the military did things you know there's a place for everything everything in its place uh, <laughs> exactly and so so the leadership piece of that i got promoted to supervisor pretty quick just by showing initiative even in manufacturing so so you know showing the willingness to lead which is the one thing that people uh, no one can actually provide for you you must provide that for yourself uh, is if you're willing to lead, there are certain organizations that will give you that opportunity uh, to to develop like that. And, and it helps to have good mentors over the years as well. So if you're lucky enough to get good mentors, you tend to model that behavior as you lead down the road. So absolutely, it wasn't any single uh, uh, event. It, uh, the leadership development side is probably made up of a series of events, but you know, I'm kind of innate, as I mentioned, uh, I kind of innately pursue excellence. Uh, okay. What kind of made me a green beret is that, you you know, you're, you're, you're the cream of the crop, so to speak. And I'm probably the somewhere down below the cream of the crop. But uh, 
you know, that they look for people that, that are innately pursuing excellence. And, and, you know, from a lean perspective, uh, it is, we don't re really look for, uh, somebody who's just pursuing continuous, you know, improvement. It really is, is this who you are? The toy, well, that's it. The toy yeah, leadership is that way is, is elevating people who just innately pursue excellence. Well, that's that's a really good point. Now, let let's let's uh, fast forward to now to what you're doing currently, and that's a really good story because I can definitely relate to that. Currently, now with your uh, founding company, what is it that you really focus on to to help with that? What's that one thing? Well, when I work with my clients, uh, generally we start with a strong business case for change because if there's not a strong business case, then no one's going to change. Uh, and I and I approach it from a matrix standpoint as far as leadership involvement. So I, I will work with the senior leaders, but I'll also mix in core leaders within the organization that are influencers, regardless of their level. Uh, and and we will start to build the business case and then I will build the leadership and use the platform of the transformation to be the catalyst for that leadership. So it isn't that we necessarily go in and do a bunch of lean things. We're building a management system that is fundamentally uh, different than their current management system. But the key here is to build the leadership that is capable of designing, implementing, and improving that management system uh, down the road and still at the same time build a pipeline for future leadership development within the organization. So the idea is to use the transformation itself as a leadership development tool. Good. And now with, within that, now, just just for our audience to understand, that's that's a lot of stuff, right? And I think it's very it's very challenging to do that. Is that something you do short term? Is it long term? Is it mid, like six months, eight months? How how long do you think that that initial part of it takes? Well, it's kind of a force multiplier effect, right? So uh, so when I work with our clients, uh, you know, we're going to have a, a long relationship. Uh, but we will generally see breakthrough results within the first uh, six months to nine months, uh, mostly because we're getting critical mass around core leaders. So we're building the fundamental framework of a basic lean management system. Uh, we're making changes that they have their fingerprints all over. And, and at the same time, they're learning to lead and influence. So they're going back into the organization and and really sharing with everyone in the organization, you know, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. This is what you can expect from us. This is what we'll be expecting from you. And so we get kind of a what some of my clients call a big bang effect from putting in the management system itself versus doing Kaizen events or uh, just doing a tool based approach. So we, right. okay. so we let the management system surface problems. Uh, and then the problems will then tell us, okay, is there a particular tool or process that needs to support this from a lean perspective? So that way we're putting in sound framework versus something that requires a lot of managing to keep it going like 5S or so forth. Yeah. Yeah, does that absolutely. make sense? Okay. Yeah, it does. It does make sense. Now, 
in that, and, and just in your experience alone, what do you think are the like the common barriers in doing that? Because here's the thing: some of the audience, uh, some of the people that I speak with, are like, "Yeah, I want to do this," you know, and and it seems very reasonable, and it seems like you said there's a there's a time lag to it. It's you have to just be patient, consistently work at it, make sure make sure those things are sustainable. But disanticipation, what do you think are like the, the key barriers that you're encountering one immediately when you start doing these things? Uh, first off, if you don't have a business case for change uh, and you're just going to try to do some kind of lean tool or just lean, that's generally going to be a big barrier because there's not a big so what behind why you would change how you're doing how you do, you know, so. People are pretty sad, you know, they don't like change that much and, and a real lean transformation is going to be radical change or what we'd call kaikaku type change. And uh, so so that's part of it, uh, you know, possibly not having the right leadership in place. But a lot of people always say, well, if senior, you know, senior leadership is probably my problem. And I would tell you, it's a pretty balanced plate between the organization and people in the organization and the leadership, because you can have robust leadership or charismatic leadership, you know, that wants to drive the change to a lean management system. And you can have a workforce that doesn't support it as well uh, because you're not doing a good job of communicating the big so what behind that. Right. So, uh, so communication is key. So I'd say critical communication constant communication about where we're going and why we're going there is the obstacle you got to overcome. If you're going to try to do this in a vacuum and, and try to keep it all to a small staff, that's probably a recipe for failure. You know, that's why the approach that, that we use here in, in the lean leadership Academy is to get a matrix of leaders that are influencers, have them develop as they put this together um, a good communications plan that they all agree to and that they're all, all aligned to. From a Toyota perspective, we call that one voice leadership and, and, and then communicate into the organization uh, with that one voice. Here's where we're going. Here's why we're going there. And here's the SWAT behind that. So does that help? Yeah. And that's, that's really interesting because um, it, it, it you're, like you said, it, it involves everybody everyone's on the same sheet of music everyone is understands what the overall objective or what you saw the, the business case of it overall um then they're able to implement and execute towards that as they as they progress forward then like you said the the case to change because sometimes you know leaders change just for change just the flavor of the month. I hear that a lot. Oh, this is the flavor of the month. Uh, but in your case, there's a specific reason, whether it's market conditions, cost, compet- uh, competitive nature, things like that, that it is a case. And I think it's a really good approach when you get everyone involved. And in in, like you said, in a matrix approach to where everyone's seeing the same thing. So. Yeah. And that, and that's and that's a really good uh, example and analogy. Now, and you mentioned earlier, like if you do it in a silo, it might not work. But the other part, now, do you think someone that, or if leadership doesn't, uh, you know, say for example, if a supervisor or manager is in a, in an area that they want to improve 
but they don't get support of top leader, what are the things that they can do or he or she can do to get started with that philosophy and maybe push it up rather than the opposite? Because they, they do see value in it. They do see those things, but it might be the leadership may not see it completely just yet. Yeah, I, I think one of the earliest pieces of advice I got from one of the vice presidents that I worked with, that you know, the guy that actually hired me as a supervisor back, you know, when I was still in my late teens, uh, he said, you know, Sam, always make sure you're part of the, the revenue stream. You know, anyone who's always part of or supporting the revenue stream is always going to get the right attention. So, uh, so to kind of take that forward is to say. If if you're going to do continuous improvement, uh, then then start with the business case. My buddy Art Smalley would always say from his McKinsey days, you know, what's your five billion dollar problem? And sometimes we watered that down to what's your five million dollar problem. That's what gets people's attention. So so for your area, if if you want to do continuous improvement, uh, then then find a business problem to solve that allows you to implement elements of continuous improvement, uh, whatever that platform is, whether the, whether it is 5S, whether it is what I would recommend first, good standardization and then problem solving, uh, and then redu- reduce burden on your team members because what happens if, if you use standardization and problem solving to reduce burden on your team members versus just reducing waste, then what that does is that that actually builds rapport with your team uh, because you've helped to solve a problem that they encounter every day. And and so what you're doing then is you're building a team of willing support as at the same time you're reducing a burden and solving a real problem for your area of the business. And, And if you approach it, uh, that way, then you're going to get management support. So one of the things we do uh, in Lean Leadership Academy, all of the lean leaders, every time we do, we implement a, a, an improvement mechanism in the system or, or install a new process, then they have to actually present the business case in A3 form as to what is the current state, you know, what's the background what is the business problem here? And then how are you going to use implementing a pull system, for example, that will solve that business problem? So the idea is to get young leaders, uh, regardless of their area of influence, to start thinking as many business owners and making that business case as part of their improvement activities. That way, when you speak the language of finance and cost reduction to your boss, you're speaking in their language, but you may have to speak in another language to the team, which may be how you're reducing the burden and improving the flow of work. So that way, make sure that uh, you're building young business leaders, not just implementing a continuous improvement tool. I see. That's, that's a very, very good point. Um, now, in, in all that, how much how much is it? process related like i'm improving process and and the other part is how much is it people related because here's the thing what i've experienced with process improvement it squeezes everything that's inefficient out it it squeezes a lot of that stuff out and sometimes it's inefficiencies and people then leading into either their willingness to do the work or their capability of doing that so how much in your experience is processes related or is it 
be really people related. Well, I, I, you, we don't separate one from the other. Oh, I do. So, okay. So think think of it from this perspective. Uh, you know, the, the, it's process improvement. It's brilliant process management. And, and the idea is to create brilliant processes, and then you have to prepare people for that. So you involve them as part of the process. So the beauty of starting with standards, SDCA uh, before PDCA, uh, is that when you establish standards with your team, the focus in the beginning is more around burden reduction than waste reduction as a result of burden reduction. Uh, and then then take the fluctuation out. So if you focus on burden first and the standardization in, to allow for burden and waste reduction, then what happens now, once you have a standard, then you have to train people to standards. So, so that now allows them to be developed in capability. Uh, and then, then once you get past that part, then problem solving is, is all about returning to the standard and Kaizen is always improving the standard. So anytime you improve a process, you make both the process improvement and the people development uh, part of that process. Oh, I see. Okay. That so standardization, you know, SDA, SDCA before PDCA means you're going to improve the process, reduce burden, eliminate waste, eliminate fluctuation, build people simultaneously. I see. I see. Okay. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, where should people find you if they're really interested in, in trying to either get in touch with you or learn more about what you do or just learn in, in general how to start the process? Well, a good place to look for me is, uh, is, is to come to my, my email address at sam at theleanleadershipacademy.com. But at the same time, you can find me on my LinkedIn page, you know, Sam McPherson, and I'm all over YouTube because, you know, I do speeches and stuff like that. So it's pretty easy to find me. Sure, sure. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, I write a lot of articles and I'm interviewed a lot. So check out uh, stuff I've done for Industry Week and and so forth. So um, easy to find me if you want to. Okay. So so any parting shots, anything that you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, it's uh, don't do continuous improvement just for continuous improvement's sake. Uh, you know, that, that's what's going to lead you to just a tool centric approach. Uh, make the pursuit of excellence what you're all about. And continuous improvement is the nature of achieving excellence. So uh, so every time you improve something, make sure that you bring people along with you. So people development and, and improvement go hand in hand. So and communicate, communicate, communicate. So, and, and I think those are really good points because if you do it in silos, you're not going to achieve at the level that you want to achieve. Uh, then it's going to be more difficult to try to implement overall. But if you, like you said, if you bring people along and over communicate, it's easier to digest as you're getting closer to critical things you have to make decisions on, then that definitely helps. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Uh, one last thing that people can keep up with me on is uh, just like you, I'm, uh, we're starting our new uh, uh, podcast, Leading Excellence, and it's going to be about leadership. And uh, I, my first guest is going to be uh, Miri Rodriguez, the, uh, the, the, um, uh, the, the head of uh, uh, intern, the intern program for Microsoft. We're going to talk about 
uh, uh, how, how storytelling can be a culture activator. So we're going to go beyond lean and talk about everything it takes to lead excellence. So we got that coming up in the next couple of weeks. So, so look out on LinkedIn for a post on uh, leading excellence and uh, like to get your, your audience involved with that. If you, if you don't mind. me. No, no, absolutely. No, no. Send me the link. Once we finish the saw, I'll put it in the podcast and we can have people go to, go to that once they go through the podcast and read the description. But Sam, I really want to appreciate your time and spending time with us and our audience and definitely provided a lot of insight and value in that. So again, I appreciate it. And thank you very much. Rangers lead the way. That's right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.